0: Hello, hello, everyone. This is the Frankly Daniel Show. And yes, I'm the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise. And once again, it is my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Thank you for joining me, and, and believe me, it's an honor to be here today with you. Whether, whether you're new to the Frankly Daniel Show or a long-time listener, thank you for being here. Oh, my nerves. We, we, we have so much to cover today. Let me ask you, have you ever heard this one-liner? Oh, what a tangled web we weave when we first practice to deceive. Sir Walter Scott wrote that in 1808. Pretty interesting line, isn't it? Oh, what a tangled web we weave. When first we practice to deceive, hmm.
1: Look, I just want to underscore that this is something, uh, uh, again, that, um, that the, pr- the president takes very seriously. And I've said this multiple times already. We take this very seriously. The president takes this very seriously.
2: Well, let me get rid of the easy one first. People know I take classified uh, documents, classified information seriously.
1: Uh, again, classified information. Uh, classified documents, he takes very seriously.
2: Um, but uh, as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously.
1: And not just me. He has said this. You have heard the president say this twice already, um, and he's said this before. Classified documents uh, and information, he takes that very seriously. What I can say for sure when it comes to this uh, specific issue about uh, classified documents, about classified information. He takes that very seriously.
0: Oh, what a tangled web we weave when we first practiced to deceive. I expect this to be engraved on Joe Biden's gravestone. Uh, yes, that Joe Biden, the 46th president of the United States. Joe, who for 36 years claimed he was the poorest member of Congress. Allow me to share with you a small excerpt from a primetime Jesse Waters program the other evening uh, about this particular topic.
3: Biden defied all the odds when he was elected a U.S. senator at 29. But to him, it didn't get any easier from there.
2: I had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I didn't think you should make money while you're in office. I had the dubious distinction of being listed as the poorest man in Congress. I was listed for the entire time I was in the United States Congress as the poorest man in the United States Congress. My net worth was net zero
0: a couple times. Oh, what a tangled web we weave, Joe, when we first practice to deceive. Now, we're assuming that Joe has been talking about money as the poorest member of Congress on his usual just flat salary of $174,000. You have to take into account that Joe probably hasn't paid for a meal in the last 50 or 55 years, nor a drink or transportation or a number of other things. The benefits package for those in Congress is fairly generous. I wouldn't say it uh, takes second place to anybody except maybe the top executives at Microsoft or Yahoo or some of those kinds of places. But no, he's done He's done pretty well, and he's able to take in speaking Fees and and there's a certain expenses he can write off as campaign expenses. So I think he's been doing okay through the years. There's no doubt about it. And if you see some of the places he's living and some of the transportation he has and other uh, accoutrements, um, Joe's doing better than most middle class people. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I mean, power to people, power to capitalism, and I'm all I'm all for this. It's just that when Joe projects himself as being someone who's really into public service. Now, I'm not sure what Joe would be good for on the outside world, but perhaps used car sales or something like that, but uh, it gets a little old when you hear about how poor Joe has been through the years. And this is a major factor because the problems that Joe is having today with these classified documents, with the uh, allegations of influence peddling, all have to do with something that strikes many of us, and it's called greed. You know, when Joe left the vice presidency, he was forming business units in conjunction with Hunter and several other people for wealth creation. That was going to be Joe's next focus because he didn't, he didn't plan. He didn't really think he had a chance to be president, uh, and it wasn't going to run And he even had that hesitancy when Hillary Clinton uh, uh, made that run in 2016. He didn't, he wasn't going to go, he was the vice president. She was secretary of state. He wasn't going to go up against her though, uh, Clinton, so that when he left uh, Obama at the end of eight years, he pretty much thought he was going to settle in. Let's, Let's make some money, folks. And let's do some of the things maybe we've already been doing. This is where the classified documents may come in and in terms of proof of concept that Joe had the kinds of influence that was necessary to get some of these business deals done. But but Joe turned to wealth creation and to greed, and he felt he had a short amount of time to do that. And borrowing another clip from what Jesse Waters said the other evening on television, you can tell his first year post-vice presidency was fairly profitable.
3: They went from living off of a government salary to making $11 million in Joe's first year at an office. Pure luck. So where'd the money come from? Well, we're told Joe and Jill got lucky with an $8 million book deal. Joe was supposed to write two books, Jill, just one. Jill's book only sold 45,000 copies. Joe's did all right, and he hasn't written the second one yet. I mean, the ghostwriter hasn't written the second one. Plus, they tell us Joe made $4 million in speaking fees. $4 million. The guy can't even speak. Who's paying money to listen to Biden? We don't know, but that's the point. They were funneling all of their money into S-corporations. What's an S-corp? Well, it's like your own corporation. It's like a side business. You pay less taxes when you pull money through it. And it's separate from your income tax returns. Joe released his income... Tax returns, but he hasn't released his escort tax. Well, let me just say a
0: few things about income tax returns, which I'm getting prepared to do mine right now. You probably are too. Um, you, you, you can't have forgotten that really for the last six or seven years, the left, the Democrats have been all over President Trump to show us your returns, you know, show us the money. So finally, they've got this all the way through all the court decisions and everything else, and the New York Supreme Court came out and said, you have to release your tax returns. And so the Democrats were all excited about this, and they came out, and there was a big nothing there. It turns out one year he didn't pay any income tax, but there's been several years Amazon hasn't paid any income tax. And if you have legitimate write-offs, which Trump did in losses on property and other things, you don't pay taxes. Uh, we all know that in the days we used to be able to itemize. you If you you know had enough write-offs, uh, your mortgage interest and the other kinds of things, you reduced the amount of tax you paid. Well, it turned out there was nothing sinister. There was nothing illegal about uh, uh, Trump's tax returns, other than trying to shame him into, into the fact that in, in one year he didn't pay any, and in some years he only paid several hundred thousand instead of, million of millions of dollars. But in the past he'd paid a lot of income tax, so it just sort of depended on where your losses were. Now, once this document thing hit about two weeks ago, on the White House website, and on Joe Biden's website for, for his campaigns and stuff, they had listed in hyperlinks all the different tax shares, I think starting in 2016, all the way through um, uh, 2021, 20, that you could link on those and see uh, Joe's um, uh, tax tax form is 1040. Well, as soon as this document thing hit, about four or five days later, all those hyperlinks have been taken out. You could no longer look at Joe Biden's tax returns. And I think there's a big sensitivity now about uh, uh, follow the money. You know, where is this money? And what some of the things in those tax returns are those actually the ones that got submitted to the IRS. So some really interesting things going on. The other curiosity about wealth creation is something that may have actually started in 2013 or 2014 while Joe is still vice president. And that is, how did Hunter Biden given that he had no experience in, in sitting on big uh, corporate boards, knew nothing about Ukraine, knew nothing about the natural gas and oil industry, knew nothing really about anything of much, end up with an $83,000 a month seat on the Burisma board in Ukraine. Here's Hunter Biden sort of explaining himself to an ABC reporter just about 12 months ago.
1: If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Probably not.
2: I I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden.
0: Oh, what a tangled web wee wee when we first practiced to deceive Joe. Now you understand that Joe Biden was in charge of Ukraine. That was part of his portfolio, part of the countries that Obama gave him to look after, to advise him on uh, right on through the last two or three years of, of their administration. And um, Joe was very active in, in uh, what was going on in Ukraine. Obviously, he'd been over there a couple of times, several times, I think. In fact, China was another part of his portfolio. But let's concentrate on uh, the Ukraine for now. This next clip, is I borrowed from Dan Bongino, Um, on his Saturday show. And he's going to give us a little insight into what was going on in the Ukraine and Burisma.
4: During Obama's administration, Ukraine, it was a piggy bank, folks, for lobbyists and elites eager to peddle influence in Washington. It was a piggy bank for funneling dirty money from Ukraine back into Washington. Everybody knows it. And it's fairly obvious at this point that Joe Biden, appointment man on Ukraine, Ukraine, he wanted a piece of that. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden, his son, with zero experience on the matter whatsoever, was on the board of a Ukrainian energy company called Burisma. When Burisma, Hunter Biden's company, was being investigated by a Ukrainian prosecutor, Papa Joe openly talked about withholding financial aid if the Ukrainian prosecutor wasn't fired You may have seen this clip before, but pay very close attention to the end of it.
2: I look, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a (laughs) got fired. So they made some genuine, substantial changes institutionally and with people. But in one of the three institutions, there's now some backsliding. So when we left, the first thing I spent... uh, Um, A lot of time, as did Mike, because this was his territory.
4: It was Mike's territory while he's on stage, Joe Biden, bragging about getting a prosecutor fired for investigating his son's company. Who is Mike? Well, he's talking about the guy sitting next to him on stage. Michael Carpenter who used to work for the Department of Defense on Russia and Ukraine. That's the same Michael Carpenter who was the managing director of the Penn Biden Center think tank.
0: Oh, what a tangled web we weave when we first practice to deceive. So Michael Carpenter was the managing director of the Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement at the University of Pennsylvania, which we already know had received huge sums of money from China in support of this particular center, which is another issue altogether having to do with classified documents and influence peddling but let's just stay on Ukraine for a moment. That's, of course, where they found the initial cache of classified documents was at the Penn Biden Center, supposedly locked up in a closet, in a folder, all by themselves, just sitting there. Now, we still don't have any definitive explanation from the White House as to why anybody went looking for these papers, or if this was just pure serendipity, but somehow lawyers were charged to go and pack that office up. Now, this is not a small office. This is a little over fourteen, fifteen thousand 15,000 square feet of office space in the heart of Washington, D.C. The rent must have been hellacious. But in any event, uh, there had to be an awful lot of papers there. There just wasn't a couple of binders, per se. And these papers were ones that obviously had been moved there because... Joe didn't take this office space until sometime early in 2018. He left in 2017 out of the White House, so these documents had been stored somewhere, and this cache of documents had been brought to this Penn Center. Now, there's a couple of explanations as to why you would have personal attorneys go in and look for uh the kinds of materials you might have lying around that you'd want personal attorneys because they have legal expertise to know whether these any of these papers lying around could, could cause you any problems going forward. Who knows, a nasty note to somebody's girlfriend or, uh, you know, you, you've agreed to do something that you probably shouldn't have agreed to and it's from writing. These are the kinds of things you'd want your personal attorneys to go in there and expunge, take take them out of there put them into safe someplace or destroy them, so that when you move that office, whoever had access to those materials wouldn't be finding any of this stuff. And we know that there are several committees now in the House, Republican committees, GOP committees, that are going to specifically look at several aspects of the Biden family. They're going to look into influence peddling by the Biden family. They're going to look into... The uh fees that are being paid to Hunter Biden for his artwork there's uh, already subpoenas and other things going out uh, more information about that you know these paintings that he does in acrylics with a straw uh, on the back of uh, maybe classified documents I don't know uh, are fetching anywhere from fifty five thousand to two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a uh, a piece. You'd have to say who would pay? Your neighbor to do something like that. Well, maybe if he was Hunter Biden, and there was some influence you were interested in, uh, maybe you'd you'd cough that kind of money up for this kind of artwork, and you'd really have to be into that kind of artwork. It's it's if you if you've seen any of it, it's very abstract. Um, but but in any event, uh, why would you send attorneys in there to, to look through documents? Well, that's one reason. You you may have gone in there to clean up anything because who knows what kinds of documents might be laying around, much like all the stuff on the Hunter Biden laptop. They're still finding emails, detailed emails about the business arrangements and other things. I mean, they're going to have a field day when they open up these investigations. It's amazing the amount of stuff that Hunter Biden documented on his laptop that has to do with business. Everybody focuses on all the salacious stuff and all the addictive stuff and all the wildness that uh, this character was into. But all of that is really a sideshow compared to all the information, just tons of information on this laptop, this hard drive, that is going to be a field day for any committee truly investigating this. Now there's some other possibilities as to why you would send attorneys into your office to go through all your documents, because that's what they—they they weren't packing boxes. They were going through scores of documents one by one and looking at them. They may have gone in there to look for those classified documents per se. It may be that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden—more likely, Hunter Biden—remembered that we had some of this information all the way back in 2014, when we went ahead and found our way onto the Burisma board. And we're pretty sure that Hunter was sharing a lot of that funding that he was getting with his father and with his father's brothers. But in any event, you've got them going in there specifically looking for these. And the question is, why didn't they destroy them? There weren't that many, supposedly, 10 to 15. But we've gotten information that they were about Ukraine, the United Kingdom, and also about Iran. Well, they were probably afraid that somebody else may have known about them. And under testimony, this would have come up. And then the big question would be, oh, you, we understand you had attorneys in there looking for these. So there was all kinds of risk to destroying them. But I'm sure there's a lot of second thoughts going on about this today. And and say, well, if we just you know, burnt them right there on the spot, none of this other stuff would have happened because it's all fallen one thing after another because of these initial fines in the Penn biden center now there's a a third thing floating around and that is because donald trump took documents he actively took them this supposedly was not inadvertent as as biden is claiming he's saying this is an inadvertent mishandling of documents which he apparently has inadvertently done this all over the place we're now finding but uh, that uh, that if Donald Trump had these kinds of documents at his place, might there be these kinds of documents uh, in other places that we should go check and make sure that we have we don't get the same thing turned on us, that we're turning all this stuff in. Well, the, the irony is, why would you have started at the Penn-Biden Center, of all places, especially considering they had all kinds of documents, obviously, in the Wilmington home, uh, at at your know, presidential or vice presidential papers, Senate, whatever. There was a lot of stuff there. Maybe you would have started at home and then had somebody. Or would you have had attorneys come into your home and look through the, the same information for the same reasons? Really a head scratcher, a lot of inconsistency about who was going to handle papers and everything else. Now, also, you know, when Joe Biden first announced that. Uh, This leak had come out about the November 2nd finding of these papers. Uh, He told a a couple of fibs along the way there. Uh, First off, he didn't mention, I guess this is the uh, omission uh, instead of a commission, the omission of, he already knew at that point that the December 20th documents had also come forward. He was just talking about, that first find November 2nd when he was talking just a couple of weeks ago in Mexico. And here's that tape.
2: Let me get rid of the easy one first. People know I take classified uh, documents and classified information seriously. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol. When I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. uh, They found some documents in a box you know, locked cabinet, or at least a closet, and as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box, and they did what they should have done. They immediately called the archives, immediately called the archives, turned them over to the archives, and I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've My lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. I've turned over the boxes, they've turned over the boxes to the archives, and we're cooperating fully, cooperating fully with the review and which I hope will be finished soon and uh, there'll be more detail at that time.
0: At this point, Joe knew that they'd been discovered on November 2nd, that it was six days before the midterm elections. He also knew that they had already found on December 20th another stash of documents at his home and in his garage. Finally, he said they did the right thing, that they are cooperating completely, that as soon as they found them, they turned them over to the National Archives and Records Administration, which is not true. Once the private attorneys found these materials at the Penn Biden Center, they called the White House and spoke with the White House Counsel. After two days, the White House Council decided to call the National Archives. The National Archives went ahead and just accepted this and everything was going to be fine. Papers were returned to the correct places. But the Inspector General at the National Archives, and the Inspector General is a very important position because these are the people that sort of, you know, oversee all the ethical things and compliance things that need to go in and on in an organization, the Inspector General picked the phone up and called the DOJ. So not even the regular National Archives people that received these materials initially had any involvement in moving this along to the Justice Department. The Inspector General did. Now then, once it was moved over to DOJ, the FBI was informed, and Merrick Garland got involved around November 9th. And it's at that point somewhere around the 14th, that he turned over, a couple of, almost a couple of weeks later, turned over this case to a U.S. attorney in Chicago who was going to leave that position within about 45 days. But he figured, I'm just going to go ahead and, and uh, kick it up to this guy under normal procedures and have him conduct an investigation, because technically this should have been a criminal investigation. The FBI should have been called right away. That is the normal procedure. They would have come out and taken not only custody, but tried to look at the chain of custody. Why were those papers there? What kinds of fingerprints may have been on those files per se? Uh, How did they get there? Look at all those different aspects because technically this is a crime scene. Being in possession of those papers outside of regular uh, uh, standard procedures is a criminal crime. But we're getting no information whatsoever from the White House press briefings, and we're getting no information from Joe, except Joe did take a question from Peter Ducey, and here was the second time Joe talked about this stuff.
5: Material next year Corvette. What were you thinking?
2: Let me. Uh, the, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people. And by the way, my Corvette's in a lock garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway. Sh- Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified materials seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings in storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my in my my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden pen. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately cl- uh, uh, no, notified, and uh, the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see, we're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident.
0: So Joe read that statement as he stumbled through it. He turned around and walked straight out. So much for transparency. Well, it's about time to hear from Kamala or Kamala or Vice President Harris.
3: It is time for us to do what we have been doing. And that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to
0: take a break, a very short break, and then it's time to come right back because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on The Frankly Daniels Show, and I'm not kidding.
5: While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional, invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD 20% off. Stay protected with CofixRx.
2: Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit myfreedoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time.
5: Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day
6: We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio.
7: The Liberty and justice for all.
0: Hello, and welcome back to The Frankly Daniels Show. Before I get going on this second part of the show today, there's three questions I'd, I'd like to ask. How long has the U.S. attorney in Delaware been investigating the Hunter Biden tax case? Second question. How long has the U.S. attorney and special counsel, Mr. Dunn, been investigating the Russian collusion case? And third, how long has the DOJ and FBI been investigating the Hunter Biden laptop? Now, there's a companion question to that last one, and that is how long has the GOP part of the House and the GOP part of the Senate also been investigating the Hunter Biden laptop? Well, we know that question has got an answer. It's been two years for the Republicans in the House and the Senate to be looking into that, because that's when that surfaced as a real entity. You may remember that back in October when this came up in the second debate in and, and 2020, uh, Biden, Joe Biden denied that this was anything but Russian uh, collusion information, misinformation, and everything else. And Twitter and all the other social platforms reinforced that and there's a whole story behind that. This, this purchase of Twitter by Elon Musk has been the best thing that has ever happened to free speech in the last 10, maybe 20 years. Because he's allowed investigative journalists, nonpartisan, actually investigative journalists, to go in and look at all those decision points and all the documents in Twitter that reinforced what we all believed, and that is that we were being spied on, we were being shadow banned, we were being suspended, and that information was was being twisted and perverted in these social media platforms. But that's that's another program altogether. But we know it's been at least two years they've been looking into all this stuff on the laptop, and you know things are still coming out about this information. Um uh, as far as the Hunter Biden tax case, I think that's been going on for four, almost five years now. You want to know, are they ever going to make a decision to uh, indict a Hunter? Are they just going to give him a slap on the wrist? Are they going to give him a fine? We're pretty sure that he's being treated so much different. I'll tell you right now, if I had a $10,000, a $15,000 outstanding tax lien uh, with the IRS, It wouldn't take uh, uh, the U.S. attorney and the assistant attorneys uh, very long here to to begin prosecuting me and uh, garnering my wages and putting liens on my house and everything else. It's just unbelievable this tax case has gone on this long with Hunter Biden. And as far as the Russian collusion case, we already know exactly what happened. That was all Hillary Clinton. I mean, so much stuff has come out. There was nothing that came out of the Mueller investigation. Almost two years and, and 120 some million dollars that went into that. It was like full employment for Democrat lawyers, that whole case. I mean, it's it, it just beyond any sense whatsoever. And, and you know that in terms of the weaponization of these uh, federal organizations, none of us would ever get breaks like this. We would never have an outstanding investigation of, our, our, of course, we wouldn't be going around the world bagging money uh, under influence peddling either, but you know, these things drag on so long as, as if we're going to forget them eventually, and they're just irrelevant. Well, before the break, I played the first two of three clips of Joe Biden responding to questions about classified documents. Now, he's a little onrier here in this third clip, and this clip comes before. The last batch of documents were found, and that's when the FBI actually went to the Wilmington, Delaware home and did the investigation themselves. And they came out of there finding some very strange things. They came out of there finding six categories of uh, classified information, if you will. We don't know if this was a 1,000 pages of stuff or it was four documents or whatever. But one of the important things that came out we're going to talk about that in just a second, is material from Joe's Senate days, 1973 to 2009. And that has come as a huge surprise to people in both the House and the Senate that know how difficult, if not impossible, it is to walk out of uh, the skiff under the Capitol with classified documents. We're going to have Ted Cruz talk to that in in a few minutes. But here's that third uh, response from Joe Biden about his, his classified documents.
2: We found a handful of documents were failed, uh, were filed in the wrong place. We immediately turned them over to the archives and the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating, looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there.
0: Thank you. So I've got another question of, in general. How long will the Department of Injustice and special counsels, the two of them, begin investigating Trump's and Biden's classified document scandal? And, and will they finish Donald Trump's first? Will his special counsel look into that aspect of classified documents first? and put off reporting on Biden's until after 2024? You know, these special counsel things, they're like unguided missiles. They can go anywhere. They can take any amount of time. They can be quite convoluted. Or will they try to finish up Biden's really early in the process? Because Joe is going to announce right after the State of the Union that he's running uh, for 2024. And we'll talk about that in a minute or two. But of course, they've been trying to TKO, technically knock out Trump any way they can, even if they have to indict him, try him, and try and send him to federal prison. Now, if you notice in the, the Joe talking points, there's four or five things that they hit over and over and over. And you hear this in the press briefings and just about every other story you read in the New York Times or the Washington Post. The first one is that Joe takes this seriously. He's very serious about this. And we're going to play a little clip here from 60 Minutes to show just how serious he's about this. They're fully cooperating. They are over-cooperating. They're bending over backwards. They're giving access to everybody. You can go anywhere. You can do anything. You know, we're, we're, we're on board with the total cooperation, uh, But you know, the other thing is it's just a small number of documents. It's just a one or two here, one or two there. But well, it's somewhere up to 30 plus 30 uh, different instances at this particular point. And in six different searches, these have come up in six different places. So it wasn't like that first set that they were only going to talk about on November 2nd. It wasn't just about then the December uh, 20th cache that came in, but it just dribbled, dribbled, dribbled. And there's a big question about where else to search. They also like to to tell us that these were all inadvertently misplaced. Well, that's sort of gone by the wayside because there's there's too many places they have been inadvertently misplaced. And it's pretty hard to blame secretaries or other people that were boxing this stuff up. We don't have any characterization about these documents, whether some are from 2014, some are from 2017, whether some are from... You know, uh, two thousand nine, when they first uh, he was vice president, but now we also have Senate documents too, Senate secret classified documents, and they they could stretch all the way back to nineteen seventy three. So, you know, I think this whole idea of this being inadvertent is gone by the wayside. And the other thing is that they've acted promptly and by the book, and we've already talked to that. It's just so much baloney that. Uh, you know that they they politically went right to the White House as soon as the private attorneys found this. the The White House contacted the National Archives. The Archives sat on it until their Inspector General got huffy about it, and then called the DOJ, and it went it went from thereafter. But there's some big lags in this, and some you know really head scratchers when you get down to the whole thing. And it get, we're just right back to. What I opened with. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when we first practiced to deceive. This story of classified documents and Joe Biden's a little bit like the saga of George Washington slept here. You know those little signs by certain beds that George Washington slept here? Well, imagine going forward, there may be those signs that say, Joe Biden slept here. Look between the mattresses and you just might find classified documents. So let's ask Senator Cruz what his thoughts are about this recent stash of documents showing up over the weekend.
6: It's stunning. Uh, Every day, it keeps getting worse and worse and worse for Joe Biden. At at this point, it's a level of incompetence that is not just, look, we, we know that Joe Biden is Mr. Magoo. And for those of you Uh, who are younger than 40 years old. Mr. Magoo was an old cartoon of a guy that was basically blind and addle-headed, and Joe Biden is as addle-headed as any president we've seen. But even addle-headed, good God, is there a place this man didn't leave classified documents? He sticks it in his Corvette. He sticks it in the room by his Corvette. He sticks it in his home residence. He sticks it in the Penn Library. He sticks yet more in his home residence. I mean, this is really... At, at this point, it's Keystone Cops, and and there are several major developments in the last couple of days. One, this latest search was done by the FBI. At the request of the Department of Justice, the FBI went to Biden's home, spent the entire day searching Biden's primary residence in Wilmington, Delaware, and they found six more batches of documents. It's not clear Those six, whether you're talking about six pages or 600 pages, because they haven't specified, uh, but six collections of documents that are marked classified Um, within those. Now, we know that the FBI spent the entire day searching his home. We know that at the same time that was happening, the White House press secretary was dodging questions. So that same weekend, Biden went to his beach house in Rehoboth Beach. And and he was asked, well, why is he going to Rehoboth Beach? It's cold. It's not beach weather. And the White House refused to answer those questions. And it turns out the reason is, well, the G-men are rummaging through his his house in Wilmington. So apparently he's got to go somewhere else. So, So the Biden White House was less than honest with the press corps, less than honest with the American people in explaining why he wasn't going to his residence. The answer was because the FBI is searching it right now
0: and mind you, this is a home that had already been searched three times already, and the White House made it sound like they gave permission to the FBI to come in and do the search, but the truth of the matter was is that the Justice Department with so much egg on its face already, or perhaps it was an egg because eggs too, too expensive to buy now to, to put on your face, but in, in any event, They're in a situation where they they can't afford any more goof-ups, and so they decided, we're going to do the search ourselves. And lo and behold, they come out with materials from Joe's Senate days. And this is a real head-scratcher. And I'm going to let Ted Cruz tell you why it's a head-scratcher. And then on top of that, you have
6: the piece that we now know at least some of these documents are from his Senate tenure. And I got to say that is really stunning because, look, let me explain the day-to-day, which is I've been in the Senate now 10 years. I have read a lot of classified documents. I've been in a lot of classified briefings. Every single classified document I've ever read for the entire 10 years I've been in the Senate, I've done it all in the same place, which is there is what's called a SCIF, uh, a a secure compartmentalized facility it is underground. It is way, way down in the basement of the Capitol. You go down, you go down, you go down, you go in, you go in these big steel doors. As you come in, they ask you for all your electronics. So you give them your cell phone. Uh, you give them your AirPods, if you have them. You give them your Fitbit. You give anything that is electronic. You hand it to them, and it stays outside the skiff. And so you go into the skiff, which is a there are actually a whole series of there's a big hearing room in there. There are a couple of conference rooms. There's some smaller rooms that have secure telephones. So if you're having a conversation with the CIA or the FBI or someone that's dealing with classified information, you can do it at the secure call there. Uh, and then they're just reading rooms where you'll go in and whatever document you've requested, they'll have it there. They hand it to you and you have to sign out for it. So, you know, you get a particular secure document. You sign out that document. You put your name on it. You put your date. You put the time. You go into the little room and you sit there and read. And sometimes you read for five minutes if it's a quick little document. Sometimes you'll read for hours. I've sat there and spent a long, long time reading through long, detailed documents. When you're done with it, you walk back up to the front counter, you give them back the document, and they sign it back in. They put the time back in. And so that every single time i have read a classified document in the united states senate that's how i've done it what i have never done
0: i suppose at this point we're getting to true confessions i'd sure like to know what you have never done senator
6: what i have never done i've never read a classified document in my office why is that because my office is not a secure space it's not a skiff and so it's not legal to read a classified document in my office i've never had a classified document in my car. Why? Because it's not a secure place and it's not legal. I've never had a classified document in my home in Houston. I've never had a classified document in my apartment in D.C., again, because it's not a secure space.
0: Now, there's a few other things I'd like to get in before we run out of time. And one of them is to remember that the raid at Mar-a-Lago, you know, I can't understand that still. They got 25 to 30 FBI agents with guns uh, they, they shut down the cameras. They don't let the attorneys participate in any way. It's really a hostile raid for all intents purposes, and they're there for hours, and they're searching everywhere, in the sock drawers, underwear drawers, into Barron's uh, room you know, between the mat- at just everywhere, as if somehow Trump was running around stashing th- these classified documents, all kinds of places. But anyway, they have this raid on August 9th, and they pulled stuff out of there. They pulled a lot of stuff out of there that was private information. Had, the FBI had no business with it, but they just started collecting everything. Like they took a, a vacuum cleaner into the place and just sucked up anything that looked like it was uh, classified, whether it was uh, 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 computer chips or coins or, or rings or all kinds of mementos. It, it really was quite ridiculous. And and what did they think? Trump wasn't even there. What did they think was going to happen? Someone was going to pop out as Rambo and defend that compound down there that was doubly locked with the classified documents all secure in there. It, it it's, it's just yeah, and these raids are the same thing. Roger Stone they had the same kind of thing. You know, CNN embeds with these teams as if they're on a combat Mission somehow in Afghanistan or, 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 or Iraq. Uh, so CNN embeds with him and they, they go in there. And I remember Roger Stone coming out in his pajamas, I think it was boxer shorts on, at six o'clock in the morning, he responding to them, not pounding on the door, and then they handcuff him immediately. Uh, some of these things, you just don't believe these are going on with American citizens. But Heck, if they do it with Roger Stone, big deal. If they do it with Donald Trump, who's a former president, you really sort of get upset about that. But Joe Biden had the occasion to go on 60 Minutes on September 18th, 45 days after the Mar-a-Lago uh, raid. And I want to play that clip for you right now.
7: Have you been briefed, sir, on the top secret documents that were found at Mar-a-Lago? No no one has come to you to warn you that important national security secrets were revealed by the storage of those documents at the former president's home
2: i have not personally spoken to anyone on that in that regard i'm sure my administration is aware of all of that and so is the national security council but i have not
7: were you notified of the fbi's execution of a search warrant at mar-a-lago
2: no not ahead of time
7: the FBI spread the documents out on a floor to make a record
0: of what was found. Now, I'd like to step in right here and review that photo. I'm sure you've probably seen it. It's been plastered everywhere of these documents on the carpet. And they took a picture and they put, different uh, signs next to them, and the, many of these documents have uh, the security coding on them top secret, and they have the borders on them, and and some of them are in yellow and, and orange and different colors. Most of those jackets are empty. In fact, they collected over a hundred jackets. Uh, th- there were no documents in there. Apparently, whoever packed the Trump boxes Just took them as souvenirs, I suppose. But just the jackets, there was no materials in them whatsoever. But this has been played up as if here's the before your eyes evidence of what a scoundrel former President Trump is. Well, back to the rest of Joe Biden on 60 Minutes.
7: When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself? looking at that image
2: how that could possibly happen how anyone could be that irresponsible and i thought what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods by that i mean names of people who helped or etc and it's just uh, totally irresponsible
7: and you don't know what was in those documents
2: I have not asked for the specifics of those documents because I don't want to get myself in the middle of whether or not the Justice Department should move or not move on certain actions they can take. I I agreed I would not tell them what to do and not, in fact, engage in telling them how to prosecute or not.
6: And so the fact that Biden had numerous classified documents from his Senate tenure at his home in Wilmington, Delaware, means presumably... He took them out of the skiff. I don't know if they were in his office. I don't know where they were, but they ended up in his private house unsecured. That's a big deal, and, and, and it's a fundamentally different situation than being in the executive branch because I'm not aware of any senator who does that, and certainly not any senator who does that legally without knowing that they are breaking the law. You don't take a classified document with you because you know It is a criminal offense to do that.
0: Oh, oh, what a tangled web we weave when we first practice to deceive. Believe it or not, there are folks that are beginning to say that the Biden document, the classified document scandal, is a much bigger issue than the Trump document scandal. And I tend to agree, especially considering that 36 years in the Senate, Joe Biden had all those materials from those 36 years boxed up and sent to the University of Delaware for safekeeping. And those boxes are to be opened uh, no sooner than two years after Joe leaves public life. So let's say he doesn't run for the presidency in 2024, which I think he's going to do. You could open those boxes and say uh, 26. Those boxes are likely to have top-secret materials in them. And there are people that are calling right now for a document search of all those boxes because they found in his home classified documents from his Senate days. This entire issue is beginning to heat up, especially since this week, the DNI, the Director of National Intelligence, had a closed-door a secret meeting in in this GIF down under the Capitol, with bipartisan senators uh, on the Intelligence Committee, and she refused to give them any information on the documents, either the Trump documents or the Biden documents, regarding the type of information that was found, or any damage assessment or risk assessment whatsoever. And and she is punting. It's a she is punting this to the special counsels. Well, this is going to be a big food fight when you get right down to it. So stay tuned. More to come. On last week's Frankly Daniels show, I did say that Joe Biden will not run again for the White House in 2024. Now, let me correct that. Uh, given the new information uh, about Joe, I predict Joe is going to run. He's going to announce that he going to run. I'm not sure He will be there to be the nominee. In fact, I'm quite sure he won't be. And I predict, as many others uh, have already, that he will announce right after the upcoming uh, February 7th State of the Union Address. Uh, Furthermore, I said that he will be driven from his current presidency within the next 10 to 12 months by the current scandal as it opens up other scandals they're going to discover. In fact, there's information breaking tonight that the FBI was aware of the dealings of Hunter Biden with Chinese spies over the last four or five years. And so people are asking tonight, you know your son is living in your house. How do you know he has not been using any of these documents to sell information to any of these people that he's been collecting information from over several years now? Tens of millions of dollars in collections. So there's all kinds of problems coming down the road for Joe Biden and whether he's going to run or not. But Joe has no, no choice but to announce that he is going to run. He's up against a deadline. If he doesn't announce, first off, it will sound like he is guilty of something other than uh, leaving for his reasons of health or whatever. And I predict that's what Joe will do eventually in these next several months. We'll just announce that because of his health, it's time to leave and turn the presidency over. And yes, unfortunately, that means that Kamala Harris will step into the presidency sometime in 2024, well before the 2024 presidential elections. But if Joe doesn't announce soon, then other Democrats are going to come forward and they're going to start tying up donors and commitments from other people. And Joe won't have a chance to, to do much about that if he waits too much longer. So he's in a real pickle right now about this. We haven't, we haven't heard the last of this document scandal. I predict it's going to get larger. There's going to be more demands to know. What these documents were exactly, why they're being stonewalled by the FBI and the Department of Justice. It just isn't going to fly. And I think that Merrick Garland is in a world of hurt. He's going to have a very difficult time having any credibility moving forward on anything. And in the Senate, the Senate, even on the Republican side, will be capable of holding up all kinds of Biden appointments to both the FBI and to the DOJ and any other department, frankly, if they don't get some satisfaction on what's going on and all the cloak and dagger stuff. It's quite ridiculous that the DOJ and the FBI together conspired to withhold this information from the public. And to this day, we don't know who leaked the fact that There were classified documents found on November 2nd, six days before a midterm, and that that strung out for nearly 68 days before that story broke. And it just broke with one station. And it's only because of that, going forward, that this ball of yarn just continues to roll its way out and string itself out. And what's Joe doing to stem the bleeding? He's attacking ultra mega Republicans. Have you looked at any of the poll information recently? Trump is five or six points ahead of Joe Biden in a head to head. There's a good chance that neither of them will be there to face each other in 2024. In closing, I thank you for spending your time with me today. You've been listening to The Frankly Daniels Show.